Well, hello there. It's good to see you again, and welcome back to the latest installment of Go Beyond Numbers. I am your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff, and as always, I'm joined by the star of our show, and that's Tony Rose. And we're going to be diving into yet another great conversation today. Today's conversation really stemming around professional relationships and professional partnerships. And to join us in today's conversation, another recurring guest, one of our favorites here on the show, that's Dr. Patty Ann Tublin. Now, Patty Ann, again, for anybody who's maybe hasn't checked out her episode specifically with us here on the show, or in uh, any other capacity, frankly. Uh, Patty Ann Tublin is the the CEO, the founder of the Relationship Toolbox LLC, uh, which, which is a training and it's development coaching and consulting firm. And, and Patty is really a relationship, a communication and emotional intelligence expert. And we've covered a lot of topics with her on the show. And today we've got a really good one. It's this idea of professional relationships and professional partnerships, you know, how we, how we should navigate some of these complex relationships in our lives so that, you know, our ourselves and the ones that we're involved in these relationships with come out better for it on the other side. But before we get into everything, let's go ahead and say hi to the gang. Tony, it's good to see you. Dr. Patty Ann, welcome aboard. Thank you so much. Good day to you, Ryan. How's it going? Going well, going well. Uh, I'm excited to get in today's conversation. You know, we've we've hit different touch points around the idea of of relationships within the business world. But Tony, I'll let you kind of open the conversation up today. I know you wanted to tackle professional partnerships and these relationships and how we navigate them because look, we we get thrown a lot of curveballs in business and and just the way we act and operate, frankly. Uh, how would you kind of open up today's conversations? We'll start at a high level and of course we'll get granular as we go. Sure. Uh, we've discussed this before that, that one of my core beliefs is that one of the things that any person or business owns is something that I have termed as social capital. I may have stolen that from somebody else, but in my book, Go Beyond Numbers, I talk about social capital a lot. Uh, our business has engaged Patty Ann in, in the past to help us uh, with our social capital and in particular with navigating through what I think is sometimes very dangerous waters of our, pers our, of our relationships uh, in business, which is not just business. I, I think it's personal too. And, and so I'm very intrigued with this, these concepts. And since I've been in a partnership my whole business life, mm -hmm. I, I, uh, I'm very interested in understanding where I may have screwed up, where I could make it better, uh, and 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 the kinds of do's and don'ts that Dr. Patty Ann has developed over the years and and works with so many, many businesses and entrepreneurs in the world. So anyone listening to this now, uh, if you have a small business, a big business, this can be of huge benefit to you. So that's how I would frame it, Ryan. Sure. Well, well, Dr. Patty, and you have, you know, you've worked very closely with some high ranking professionals out there in the world. I know you yourself, you know, have your own podcast, The Trust Doctor. You've interviewed uh, co-founder of Netflix, uh, president of Starbucks. I mean, the list goes on. You've really had an, uh, unbelievable experiences and conversations with these folks. I guess maybe a good spot to start would be 
What is your overall take on the nature of a professional relationship, a professional partnership, and, and is there a difference between the two? Okay, so thank you so much for having me. And um, I do want to say, for the most part, working with Tony was pretty easy because Tony and his partner both have character of the utmost integrity. And usually what happens in business relationships and partnerships, it's not the skill set that gets the relationship into trouble. It's the character or the personalities that get the relationships complicated. I shouldn't even say say in trouble. So here's here's what's really important about any business. Let's talk about partnerships to begin with, right? Is that you need, and I'll say this is similar to a romantic relationship. If you don't have trust within that relationship, the partnership won't work. It is impossible. In business, it won't work because you won't have effective communication. The decision-making process will be slowed down. And in many times in business, if you don't seize the opportunity at the moment, the opportunity is gone. Many times you're not aligned in your goals and your values. So right away, if there's not, and, and I actually talk about this in, the, in a book I'm writing now, if everyone knows the company Apple, right? But everybody doesn't know the story that when Steve, at one point, Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak, his best friend, started Apple together, I think in Jobs' garage, or so the story goes. And they created one of the most iconic brands in the history of the world. At one point, the relationship between Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak soured, and the trust between them became shattered and irreparable. And what happened? Steve Wozniak left the company and Steve Jobs got thrown out of the company that he started, which at the time was unheard of. And the Apple stock went on a downward spiral. That is how detrimental to your company, the lack of trust in your business relationships, specifically, especially your partners are. Wow. That, that, that's really uh that is so true. And, and of course, the rest of that story is that Steve Jobs came, came back. back. Right, because and the Pepsi happened, CEO and, messed it up. And what happened? The CEO from Pepsi. And, and, and he came back and what happened to Apple? The rest is history. It came right, right back up. Right. But, but the good news there for as mercurial as Steve Jobs was, um, he, you know, he had a lot of personal stuff going on who doesn't, but he did learn from that experience, right? He didn't just come back unchanged. He came back older and wiser. I don't think anybody ever said he was a chillax kind of guy or a chillax boss, but he no longer allowed any business relationship jeopardize the business to the extent that he did before with his best friend. Sure. No, it's really interesting to hear you, you talk about how crucial and vitally important trust is 
Tony, I'll throw it over to you. What's your take on the importance of trust and your experiences with, with how, how crucial trust really is with not only within your business partnership, but just, I, I, I just think, the, I, I, yeah. you know, I, I, I think we're living that right now. Um, um, I think every, I think every business is living that right now. Um, the reason why I say every business is living that right now with the current economic situation, with the kind of tenuousness that I believe most of our clients are viewing their business operations, even if things are not terrible, uh, I think people are worried. And, and, and with the current challenges in staffing and hiring and, and everything that's going on now in business, where there, where there is a lack of trust, uh, mostly of motives, and, and that non-alignment of values is really, really important. And it's instructional for me, Dr. Patty Ann, uh, in, in what's going on in my business now. And, and so, so I have a real central question. When you sense there may be that disalignment mm -hmm. or, or there's a trust issue, what's the best way to kind of address that? How, how everyone wants to be nice. There's very few mm -hmm. partners that are capable of confronting each other constructively. I've, I've observed. Uh, because everyone wants to be nice. How do you deal with that? Okay, so a couple of things. The, the, sh the cut to the chase answer is immediately, but let me back up a little bit. I want to comment a little bit further on what you said about the state of the financial world right now. It's not just that that complicates it, Tony. We live in a world where nobody trusts anybody. And I hate to say this, but in a lot of ways, rightfully so. For example, can anybody, regardless of your political affiliation, truly trust that you are getting unbiased news? When you read the newspaper, turn on the TV, listen to, doesn't matter where you get your news source. Are politicians trustworthy? Are people trustworthy anymore? So we live in a world where trust is really at risk, which goes into tribalism and, and everything else. So of course that colors, that permeates our businesses, right? Because wherever we go, there we are. So we don't leave our true self at the door when we check into work. So if we're being suspicious of people outside in the outside world, that will bleed into other areas of our life. So having said that, that's, that's something that I think is important. In the past, if somebody gave you their word, like you and I, Tony, we have a relationship. If either one of us give each other our word, it is good. It is golden. I can take your word to the bank, as they say. There's, I have no doubt. Many people don't have those relationships in their personal life and in business, right? And we are not dumb people, <laughs> but, but we know who we're dealing with. So there's, so there's that aspect. It's a very untrustworthy world. Having said that, 
What do you do when you suspect that there's a lack of alignment or that you, you become, right? Mistrust often starts in suspicion. You're suspicious. And when I say immediately, I mean immediately. And here's why. The higher the level of trust in a relationship, Tony, the sooner you will share with somebody an observation of where you think trust was breached. You will not let it linger. It's similar to you have a toothache. As soon as you have a toothache, go to the dentist. If you wait, the next thing you know, you need a root canal, whereas you couldn't nip the problem in the bud. That's what happens if you don't, and you use the word confront, I would like to say, discuss, have the difficult conversation with someone where you think trust is at risk. Many times it's a misinterpretation or people didn't have all the facts. And if there is a lack of alignment, then you need to decide, does this person fit into the culture of the company that I am operating under? Because, you know, <laughs> you said, we was talking earlier about people, you know, you, the people that you work with, they're not your staff, that's an infection, and they're not your family, because when your family disappoints you, you don't fire them, but they are a member of your team, and a team is only as strong as its weakest link, and what binds the team together? Patty, Trust. Yeah, I want to stop you there for a second. Um, I hope those of you that are listening to this or watching this have a piece of paper and, yeah, I am taking notes furiously because this is $10,000 an hour advice. Thank you. And, and so I, I don't want to disturb your, your, your train of thought, but this is so important, what you're saying. Um, and the whole issue for me in my whole life has been how to have a difficult conversation with people that I care about and I love. And, and I think many, many entrepreneurs and employers and business people, they really do love the team that they work with. Mm -hmm. But telling the team difficult things is difficult. And so how, how do you tell people difficult things when you are worried about hurting them, you're worried about them, and you're also worried about you, about how you'll feel in the aftermath of that difficult conversation. Okay, so this is a great question. And I hesitate to say we could have like a whole other podcast on this because I think we would end up having one. <laughs> but there, there's, um, there's a couple of things. One is I'm, I'm going to share with you a hack that will make it hopefully easier for you. But I have to preface it with, before you have any difficult conversation, First and foremost, you have to have your own emotions in check. 
You cannot have a difficult conversation in a mature manner if you're a raven lunatic, right? So you have to have your emotions in check. This is what, do, what this, does that mean? I mean, this how, means how, that if, if you're feeling something, <laughs> if you're feeling emotional about something, how do you remove yourself enough? Okay, let's put it this way, Tony. Anybody, let's assume people listening aren't neurosurgeons or life is not at stake, right? If life is not at stake and you don't need to act immediately because someone's bleeding from main artery, this is where timing is everything comes in. If you know you are beside yourself and you are going to say something that you may regret, you need to wait. What am I thinking? Wait. Does it, when, you, when, when you confront that, so you wait. I know no, not happens. long, not long. You can even go to the bathroom and then come back and you're good to go. So you know what happens to me, though, is that, okay, so I get a little bit of distance from it. Mm -hmm. Happened to me yesterday. Right. It's actually a, a six-second pause. You, you, you get a little distance from it, and then you come back, and I find... Mm -hmm my emotions come back again. So you, you haven't had enough time then to regroup. But, but let me let me go on because that's a whole other thing. My point is timing can be everything. And if you come across as a raven lunatic, no matter how legit your your issue is, it will be lost. It will not be heard. So what's the point? Right? This is also like Part of emotional intelligence. So the first thing is have your emotions in check because if you're screaming, people just see a screaming person. Right. The second thing is have the end goal in mind. Before you have a difficult conversation, be very intentional on what you want to achieve. What is your intention? Okay. And I'm writing it down. I'm writing it okay. down. And a difficult conversation is one difficult conversation at a time. You don't do, and another thing, and another thing, and another thing, right? Because the person just gets overwhelmed and you overwhelm yourself. So that's the framework. So here's the really good news. The acronym FBI is what you use. The F stands for feeling. The B stands for behavior. And the I stands for impact. Now, you know me, Tony, I like to take things that can be complicated and simplify it so we can operationalize it. So, of course, there's more to this than meets the eye, but let's go with FBI. So, feeling. Speak for yourself. I feel, I'm going to say angry, right? Because the difficult conversation doesn't usually center around happiness. <laughs> I feel angry. Here's the behavior. When you are consistently late meeting deadlines, I feel angry. Behavior when you are consistently late meeting deadlines, impact. And if that behavior continues, these will be the consequences. If that behavior continues, we will have to reevaluate your position here. 
Now, in the past, people have told me, oh, I thought you're not supposed to say how you feel. Nonsense. Nonsense. You're the boss. Your feelings count. I love that. Speak for yourself how I feel. Mm -hmm. When you behave a certain Clear. way. Right. And if it continues, you can't be here. Or if it continues, you're not going to get your bonus. Or if it continues, I'm going to have to move your cubicle to a closet. Right. Uh, or uh, if it continues, I will not let you ever buy groceries again, and then you will die. Exactly. Well, just don't drink water. It takes three days to die from dehydration. I wow. Think. Wow. It's quicker. Wow. wow. Is this in your Make book? Make it simple. Is this in your um, book? I don't know. Well, it might be I don't know. coming up. I, I think it, I don't, yeah. I don't think I put it in my book. I'm glad I'm, I'm proofreading it. Well, yeah, this is I unbelievable. Be putting in my car, course. I think, Dr. Patty Ann, you should do a 10 minute talk on it. I guess that, you know, I should. Uh, a 10 minute uh, talk for everybody is a, a process in the mind, uh, mastermind that Dr. Patty Ann and I are in called Genius Network, where members get up and talk about things that they're thinking about or things that they know that they think would be good for people to share in the group and they call them 10 minute talks. And the, the idea is to get a hell of a lot of information out in 10 minutes. So well, I think the, I think the concept is, is along, I, I, I modernized Mark, Mark Twain's quote. If I had more time, I would have written a, sh I would have written a shorter email. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So wow. Okay. So, um, but you see how it's very specific? Right. It's not I was told by other people. Right. It's I. Other people are upset with you. I am upset. When I hear blah, 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 but it's still about you. OK, so, so so when so when you're developing. So I have the two big things. Get your emotion in check mm -hmm. and then have an intention. Right. And that doesn't mean you're dead. You can still be feeling, but you, you have to and, have to be able and, to and manage then, it. And then act. And then act right. using right. FBI. Yes. Using FBI as a process, which I, I I think everyone can kind of use personally as well. I mean, this is a personal mm -hmm. relationship tool as well, isn't it? Yes. Yes. I mean, relationships I, I, may, are relationships. I may use that today. I think I want to hear about that. Uh, After so, the fact. And and I know Ryan uh, uh, got married. I think he can use that too. I will be back pocketing this. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. That's that. That's what uh, Dan Sullivan calls a strategic byproduct. Okay, mm -hmm. hang on one second. Let me just clarify. Let me just say one more thing. Right, there's always little caveats here. As I said, for you, you need to have your emotion in check. You also need to be respectful of the person you're having the conversation with and ask them, even if it's scheduled, is now still a good time to talk right is now a good time because you don't know they might have just gotten an email that somebody in their family is very sick or something right so although again if your message is not being heard 
What's the point? When I was very, very young and working at at a a firm called Tilly and Roth, there was a uh, a paraprofessional that needed to be fired. I was 23 years old, and Ooh. and um, my employer, Paul Roth, came in and said, uh, "You you need to fire this person," uh, which, which is kind of being thrown in the in the water. Uh, when you're the 20 deep years old, the and, deep end. Yeah. and I remember walking into this person's office, and and uh, and I said, "How are you?" And he said, "Oh, uh, oh, I'm great. It's my birthday. I just bought a new car." There you go. And then I said, "Oh, that's too bad. You're fired." Did you really? Now, yeah, I did. I did. I mean, I I th I think. I think I kind of violated your rules here. You were 23. But I was I was 23. Um, I probably violate your rules all the time because I, I know in difficult conversations, I get to the point where I just kind of vomit it up. And, and maybe I'm not as sensitive to other people as possible as I could be, but is there ever a good time to have a difficult conversation? It seems that there's always, it, it's just never a good time. Yeah, there's so, always something so, in the way. Yeah, there's always right. something I mean, someone in the has, way. Someone has hay fever. Someone right. woke up with a bad yeah. stomach. Uh, uh, some Someone's kid is sick. Uh, yeah. So by definition, a difficult conversation is just that difficult. There is really never a good time to, 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 to give bad news, if you will. So, so let me just put your, let me just change your mindset for a moment. So much of this is in how it's delivered, right? The other, the other piece is um, feedback is a gift. Right, and hopefully you, you, you in general have create people have created a culture in their company. Like I, I've done work with Bridgewater, and they have the principles of Ray Dalio, and you know, feed, you give the feedback, right? And you can't get defensive. It's well, what do you, this is what happened. What are you doing about it? This is your role. Like there's no dodging what what might be not stellar performance, right? And we're all human, so we all have moments, days. Well, we're not great. So if the if, if you've developed a culture where feedback, even if it's negative, is a gift, as long as it's not done vindictively, it will be received well, even though really nobody wants to hear bad news. That's because we're human. So there's that piece. Then there's another piece. And I, I truly believe this because leaders ask me all the time, they feel bad. Most people, like you, Tony, people don't want to fire people. It's their livelihood. It's difficult. So this is what I say to them. Tell the person, I am giving you a gracious exit to fulfill your great, your full, to meet your full potential. Now, you don't do that in a sarcastic, obnoxious way, but 
this isn't working. We've had these difficult conversations, right? I get so upset when you hand in poor work. And if this continues, we have to reevaluate our relationship here. You know, Robert, we've had this conversation before. There's, there's nothing else I can do. I've offered you resources. I go, therefore, I, I need, I need to give you a gracious exit so you can find your full potential. I love it. And many times people are relieved. As long as it's not done obnoxiously, because it's true. It's true. When someone's not a good fit, you're trying to fit a round peg into a square hole. They know what you know, what, what leaders almost all, I'm sure there's exceptions, but I can't recall any. When people let people go, their only regret is that they didn't do it sooner. And what happens is you're allowing, when people are not performing well, everybody, most people around them already know it. They are relieved. They're like, oh, incompetency or laziness or bad attitude or lack of skill is not tolerated here. Because people don't want to work in a place where it is. Now, now, one thing, one thing that, that is a problem is, or, or a challenge, is because of manpower issues, the fact that it's hard to find employees, mm -hmm. uh, businesses often will ride with employees that are less than maximal because they're afraid of not being able to replace them. Mm -hmm. is, that a, is that a smart idea? I think it's less than optimal. And I will literally tell you that there is a company I'm working with right now that I heard that for six months. And I finally said, you are tolerating intolerables. I said, and so they finally got rid of three people. And guess what? They couldn't believe it. Three people they found. So it's the mindset, right? What, is, what does Dan Sullivan say? Your eyes only see, your ears only hear what it's looking for. So you cannot shackle yourself to external circumstances internally. You can't. That's like saying, I can't do something because somebody told me I can't. Screw that. Someone's going to tell you what you can or can't do? No. You're the master of your fate. Uh, of your soul. This is... This is really a good session, Dr. Patty Ann. You're welcome. I mean, there You're is some really actionable stuff that that is so helpful. Let let me let me let me turn now to um, the nature of partnerships, mm -hmm. and and uh, as opposed to business relationships. Uh, where you're not necessarily tethered to each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it, is a business partnership a marriage? It, there's, there's a lot of similarities, but the differences are significant, right? Um, in a marriage, we'll, we'll talk perfect world. It, it's love, love, unconditional love. Are the tie are the binds that tie you right? Um, in a business partnership, it might be the business 
that ties you. You have to trust each other explicit, explicitly, but there has to be, the, the business by, might be more important than the love. But there are so many similarities. Um, now, here's where, it's, here's where it is similar that you'll appreciate. In a marriage, most people today, and I would suggest it, have an exit strategy. We call it a prenup. It's an exit strategy. Business partners, before they agree to be partners, absolutely should have an exit strategy. I cannot tell you the world of hurt that is avoided by having one, whether somebody leaves the company voluntarily or not, whether you're bought out, how profits are dispersed, what the criteria is for that. Many, many, many businesses don't have as uh, neatly defined an exit strategy as they ought to. Mm -hmm. That's right. And it impacts their ability to get sold. Of course. As well. Of course. As well. So, so again, that's looking where do you want to be, you know, in the future? And then how, you know, what does that look like financially? Because, you know, although I do say a marriage is as much a financial relationship as it is a romantic one, right? It is, right? It's not until you get divorced and then all of a sudden you see how much it is. So, so that gets us back to this end game of intention. You must, you, okay. So here's the deal with the business partnership. And I'm thinking about partners that I, in the past, work with. You, usually somebody has the initial ideation of the business. And they will approach somebody else to become a partner. I'm not saying that it, it's rare that two people come up with the same concept at the same time. There's usually an initiator, right? So let's go with the initiator. It's, it's their intellectual genius, we'll say. And the other partner comes in as a 50-50 partner, fine. But you must, there must be an alignment between partners on goals, on values, on all of that for the business. And usually it's one person's set of goals and values that the other partner needs to have complete buy-in in, in word and in deed, meaning, and also operationalize it. Here's what happens. That agreement becomes implicit excuse me, it's never put down on paper. And the business could be going swimmingly. And then, and we're entrepreneurs, right? So we all have shiny object disease. So three years into the business, we think we're aligned. And then one of the partners sees what he thinks is a great idea, but it's not part of the alignment of where you originally were going. And he takes a fork in the road. And then all hell breaks loose. And it's yes. sometimes not intentional, right? It's not necessarily <laughs> Machiavellian. Happens nonetheless, impacts the trust. That's where we have to have the difficult conversation. And sometimes and, partners um, diverge in their interest 
the, the, the nature of their interest in the business. And, and well, by that, I'm, by that I'm, I'm saying that um, most entrepreneurs, uh, very, well, a lot of entrepreneurs, I think there's maybe two types. There's some entrepreneurs that are actually living their passion. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and that- like you, and, persists, like you and I, like you and I, honestly, yes. right? Uh, and there's some businessmen and women that have really good ideas and what they want to do is profit from their really good ideas. But it's not necessary. Their passion is to make profits from their good ideas, mm -hmm. not mm -hmm. the idea itself. Mm -hmm. I have a uh, I have a client right now that that has recently closed a transaction on a really good idea mm -hmm. he had um, in the in the uh, low eight figure category and and um, uh, but nice for a young entrepreneur um, and and I and I believe that kind of entrepreneur will find another good idea mm -hmm. that they can be passionate about promoting not the idea itself, but the, I mm -hmm. the idea of making it profitable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, one of the disadvantages of those entrepreneurs that are living their passion is oftentimes they don't pay attention to whether that idea is making them money because mm -hmm. they're living their passion. Mm -hmm. and, and and so they they will spend 30 years not running their business as a business they'll run their business as a passion does does, does that make sense yes but no it doesn't because a business to me by definition is to make money right so you find your passion and find a way to make money from it otherwise it's a hobby yeah, and I think I think that many entrepreneurs take a hobby and run it as a hobby. <laughs> I don't know how they support themselves, but okay. Well, what happens is that they create a job. So like so so, uh, um, and I don't know whether uh, uh, which author wrote about this is that are you are, are you creating a business that's a job? And maybe this is Dan Sullivan. Um, are you running a business that actually creates for you a job, or do you actually have a business? Right. I think there's a lot of accountants that have accounting firms that have a job. Now they make a damn good living, but it's a job. Yes. Uh, Let me just. I want. I want to go back to what you said just earlier, though, about the passion. In terms of when you're aligning in a partnership and the disbursement of monies in whatever capacity that happens, it's it's important to know are you are both of you putting in financial equity? Is somebody putting in sweat equity? And usually a subset of the sweat equity, or maybe we need to have a third subset is idea equity. Right, so you have to be very clear on who's bringing what to the table and then how that plays out. And when you said earlier, uh, you, you have the, the 
entrepreneur, the business owner that is that has created the ideation of what that business is, and then they bring in another partner, and that partner becomes a fifty percent partner. I wonder how often that fifty percent partner understands that their role is to work the idea and that and that and that the ideation partner partner's role may not be so much work but the idea so to you so great great perfect segue to part of the alignment between partners is having a very clear understanding of the roles and responsibilities, who does what. And again, out of the gate and write it down and have it signed. So you can revisit it if there's any doubt in the future and also revisit it because you might wanna switch. You know, you might wanna change it up a little bit. The other piece which is where I thought you, you were referencing earlier also is, you know, who we are right now at this moment with everybody listening to us. In five minutes, we're a different person. In a year, we're a different person. So we're constantly changing and evolving. And that's why in a partnership, in any partnership, effective communication is key. Absolutely key. You cannot assume. You have to have check-ins. You have to have accountability meetings. There's a million ways you can do this, but you must do it because we get thoughts in our own head. We think we said something. We think we told somebody we might have been intending to, and then we got distracted. In fact, uh, I, I, I think the, uh, the next time we get together, Dr. Patty Ann, I would like that topic and Ryan, we need to make sure we note this down. I want to do a whole 45 minutes to an hour on accountability. Uh, and, 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 and Dr. Patty Ann knows that's one of my big issues is appropriate accountability. Um, the double A, appropriate accountability. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Um, all right. Well, we are getting to the end of our time here. When we're talking about relationships, Dr. Patty Ann, is there anything, is there anything that we haven't covered that you you didn't want us to to ignore? Oh gosh. Um no, I think we hit the highlights, but this is what I really want to emphasize. And it goes back to um the sh the shark tank show. If you are in any business. If you are in any relationship, any partnership, it is not hyperbole to say that the success of your business is predicated not only upon money, not only upon the product and service that you provide, but your ability to create, nurture, and sustain healthy relationships rooted in trust, full stop. Create, nurture, and sustain healthy trust. relationships. Healthy relationships rooted in trust. Mm. Okay, I'm writing that down. Okay, oh, you just uh, listen to the recording. 
<laughs> um, I know, yeah, but I like it when I when I write it down, it imprints. Um, it does. You're right. How do you how right. do people that might want to get in contact with you, hear more from you? How how do, how do they do that, Dr. Pattyan? So my website is drpattyan.com. You can check me out there. I'm sure there's a contact form. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, all Dr. Patty, and you can find me if you want me. And how many books have you written? Two books, one course. I'm working on my third book and my second course. Yes. And and what are the what are the courses about, Dr. Patty? So the first course is on intimate relationships, and the second course is on business relationships that will be go hand in hand with my, I haven't figured out the title yet, but I think it's going to be seven tools to improve and repair trust in business relations. Well, I think, I, I like think you now have eight tools because you have FBI, unless that's already in one <laughs> well, of the seven. FBI would be part of effective, I have to think about that. You know what? It's a mini book, Tony. So like I, if I keep adding on, I'm old, man. I ain't got a lot of knowledge. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. All right. Well, Ryan, I, I actually think, unfortunately, we're running out of time. We probably could do this for another hour. Uh, amen to that, Tony. A lot of value here. We appreciate you, uh, Dr. Patty. And I mean, we, you know, talking about trust, a big topic, FBI, obviously that method was a big one, you know, navigating the complexities of, of, of those business partnerships. Uh, we've really covered a lot today. So I uh, appreciate you and your time and, and the value provided for the audience today. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Anytime I have a chance to spend a couple of minutes with Tony Rose, sign me up. Roger that. Well, hey, look, folks, we want to take one final moment, as always, and say thank you for stopping by and hanging out with us on the show today. If you took anything away from today's episode, I hope you did. I have, My notepad here is full. Uh, go ahead and subscribe to the show then on whichever platform you checked us out on. That way you never miss out on another great conversation between Tony, myself, any one of our esteemed guests as we dive into the world of business and complex relationships. But uh, for Tony, for Dr. Patty Ann, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long today, but we are appreciate you stopping by and being with us on go beyond numbers. <laughs>